We must with those that are like us, hallelujah, that are striving, enduring, and pushing forward and going forth with the word of God, living for God, as we listen to the word of God from the man of God with the saints of God. Praise the Lord with us, lift up his name and glorify him as we open up this service, hallelujah.
God, hallelujah, for the worship, for the praise, hallelujah, of his people. Hallelujah, to wake us up or bright and early on a Sunday morning to come up in here and to worship his holy name, to glorify him, to magnify him, hallelujah, to get the spiritual man stirred up this morning. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord as we prepare for our um, offering and our announcements. Oh, you know what? I forgot my sheet. Hey, Ariana, you grab me a sheet, please, real quick, for our announcements on our bulletins. Well, praise the Lord as we do prepare for, um, as our ushers and usherettes come up to receive of the offering. I definitely want to remind us of the events that we have upcoming. We do have, if you have a child or someone um, that's a member of this church that needs to, um, um, that would like to dedicate their children, um, we definitely want to remind you that there's a baby, baby dedication on March 10th at 9.30 service. So we want to make sure that you link up with Sister Christy Lynn to ensure that you get your name on a list and be able to let your family know and all that and um, so that we may be able to dedicate it's a great thing when we make a dedication, a proclamation, but it doesn't also mean that we just have the service or go through the finger drill of it, but we also take part in seriously thinking and do everything that we can within our own life and those around us by ministering to our children each and every day and what we do. Um, today we want to remember that um, Single With Purpose is meeting at 4.30 p.m., um, life and Focus on at 6 p.m. tomorrow, and then we have our routine weekly services, and then on um, Friday through Saturday, we have our winter youth conference, our winter youth conference, and I think it is, I want to say, um, for the, for the, because they're going to be staying overnight up in Atlanta. Yes, yes sir, we are, Friday night. Uh, yeah, Friday night, they're going to be staying in Atlanta, and it's um, $100? Yes, sir. Okay, $100. Um, so, it's um, make sure you link up with Christy Lynn if you have anybody, and that's between the ages of, how old is that, sis? Um, 13 to 18. 13 to 18, all right? And if we have any of our other say that want to go, you want to help chaperone, by all means, we'll take that also. So, to always assist and aid, all right? And this week, we also have our Consumer Fire Prayer Ministry um, at 8 a.m., um, Friday is the deadline to register for divorce care. See brother um, or sister Ellison for details. And it's all of our saints who have been married before and are remarried or um, currently, unfortunately, divorced, that, um, that they may be able to continue to get the love and care, guidance, be around people who have like issues, um, that you may be able to strengthen one another, pray for one another, and encourage one another. Um, and pretty much that is it. Oh, um, we have, um, we will be Life Kids accepting donations for plastic eggs and candy for our annual egg hunt. I like how they put in here plastic eggs because we don't want somebody bringing real eggs. But uh, <laughs> even though that would be good too, we can eat them. But praise the Lord as we stand to our feet. And go before the Lord in prayer. Lord Jesus, Heavenly Father, we are thankful, Lord, as we pray, Lord, for this offering today, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that you would just bless us, Lord, and let us give with a cheerful heart, Lord, because we know, Lord, that you have given all to us, Lord, and that you allow us, Lord Jesus, to take what you have blessed us with, which is rightfully yours, Lord, everything in the earth thereof and beyond, Lord, but you have given us, Lord Jesus, the right, Lord, to be great stewards, Lord, to do marvelous things, Lord. We pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering, Lord, as we give back into the kingdom in Jesus' name, and the congregation said amen. amen. All right, come on up, give your offering, and continue to praise and worship the Lord with us.
everybody. Good morning. Boy, 9.30 comes quick in the morning. You wake up, you're like, oh, search isn't until 11 o'clock. I got something to it. Oh, 9.30 service. Oh, we got to switch gears a little bit here. Uh, did want to make a disclaimer. Uh, Brother Money was talking about the, the winter conference, the youth winter conference up there in DeKalb. Uh, it's, it's a great event that's been just getting better and better over the years and it, it is so that if you want to go you have to buy tickets and all the tickets are bought so nobody else can go sorry <laughs> I just thought I'd say that <laughs> I was trying to remember the code of this iPad while I was saying that that's why I'm like two things at once not very good at that whole chewing gum and walking at the same time. It's Brother Munden's fault. He got me all messed up. Well, I want to thank God here this morning. He's been so good to me. So patient with me. I bet he just walks around like this all the time. Golly. Golly. Has a couple extra angels like on standby. They're like David's angels going to clean up the little extra messes that I'm making. But I, I do appreciate him, all the things he's done for me and my family and all the things he does that I have no idea that he's doing because he does so much that I can never even comprehend what he does. I appreciate him for what I know. I want to thank God uh, for my wife and my kids. You know, they're, they're my life, you know, this and my life. And I appreciate, uh, you know, Samuel's like 20 now and Michael's 17, he's getting ready to graduate high school. You know, Samuel uh, is, is almost done with his EMS, so he's gonna be like EMS slash firefighter. And, and uh, it's just, it's a very interesting time watching these kids uh, turn into young men. And, and our, our home is in a really weird place, you know, because Michael's getting ready to go. And you, you know a little something about this. It's just, you kind of walking around like, you know, you, you just spent 18 to 20 years of your life like setting the scenario up. And just like when you feel like you're starting to get good at it, it changes again, you know. So it's all good. I'm happy. They're doing things. They got plans. They're alive, you know. And uh, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Uh, I want to thank God for uh, my mother-in-law. Thank you for uh, showing up this morning. It's good to see you. You know, it's it's because she's back with us for a little while. Uh, I would say she lives with us, but that's just not true. She lives where she wants to live. <laughs> She goes up to Massachusetts and stays there for a few months, then goes down to Florida, stays there for a few months, you know, pulls up to our house, Psst, I'm home, and for a few months, so, you, you know, you just keep doing whatever you want to do. We love having you, Mom. Thanks for coming this morning. It's good to see you. I want to thank God, of course, for my pastor. He's awesome. First lady, none like her. The, the, the other ministers here at church, I mean, gosh, I mean, who could ask for a better group of guys and gals to serve with? And I just want to thank God for you guys. You guys are like, you know, the, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is, I mean, all the things that we do, we are all doing. It's not two or three people doing everything. It's everybody comes together to get the job done. They do say there's like this 80-20 rule and where, you know, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. And I, I have to say here at Life, it's not necessarily like that per se. I've seen a lot more people jump in and get in when their things need to be done than I've seen in other places, so I'm grateful and thankful to be part of this place with you. All right, let's go to the Word. Judges, chapter 6, verse 11. Judges, chapter 6, verse 11. All right. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak tree in Orpha, or Ophrah, that belonged to Joas, the Abarazite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared unto Gideon and said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Skipping down to verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you. I will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none. You may be seated. So here we've got We've got Gideon, he, he, he's, he's with the Israelites, and they're basically just being uh, tortured. 
they would plant their plants and, and they would do all their regular living stuff and as soon as the crops began to, to blossom and the, the Midianites would come down and they'd steal all their food and they they just and then they'd leave them again and the Israelites would have to rebuild and, and try to you know they were just living a very meek existence and, and they're being tormented by 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 the all the people around them and so here the story we find Gideon he, he has he's got some wheat and he's threshing the wheat but he's doing it in a wine press because he's trying to hide from the Midianites because he needs to actually have some food for himself and as he's trying to you know looking out for the Midianites and threshing this wheat so he can have some food here comes an angel of the Lord and the angel of the Lord basically says hey I'm gonna use you to deliver Israel and Gideon's like uh, who uh, I'm in the middle of hiding from the enemy here with my food I'm not quite sure where this is coming from and and I don't even know why you're choosing me because I'm I'm the least of my father's household and, and basically he says here in verse 16 I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites leaving none alive God has proposed that he is going to use him to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites and he they have a little discourse back and forth and you know that he, he basically does you know the, the fleece you know fleeced God where he you know are you really real God is this very true and God performed a few miracles to prove that he was good and he was true and then Gideon's like all right let's do it I, I believe and so he goes and tears down the altars of Baal makes the call says we're about to go destroy the Midianites and 22,000 people are like let's go so 22,000 people and Gideon begin to walk toward the Midianites and God's like, eh, eh, stop, time out. 22,000 is too many because I don't want the children of Israel thinking that they saved themselves. I want them to know I saved them. So I want you to call it down to 10,000. So he basically says, if anybody here is scared and afraid to go do this, go home. And so 12,000 people left, 10,000 10, people stayed and they kept marching. And God's like, no. 10,000 still too many. I want the children of Israel to know that I'm the one that delivered them. So he did this thing where he had them drink from the brook and the people that lapped the water with their tongues and the people that he just knelt down, he divided them up like that and there was 300 people left. And he goes, now, this is an appropriate number for me to get the glory from this because 300 people can't beat a whole nation. There's just no way. And then God said, you get it. I didn't do it. We're going uh, televangelism. Right. And he said, okay, that's enough. 300 people is enough. And then they go, and you skip down to verse 20, and it said they divided the 300 into three companies, and the three companies blew the trumpets and smashed the jars, grasping the torches in their left hands and holding the right hands, the trumpets, they were to blow, and they shouted, A sword of the Lord, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And while each man held his position around the camp, all the Midianites ran, crying out as they fled. And it's dark, you know, they're surrounded, and they basically turned sword on, and they, they basically killed themselves. They all ran out of their tents just throwing swords, and everybody just ended up laying down dead. And then Gideon and his folks came in, and they just cleaned it up. And then they sent messages to all the Israelites all around. They said, let's go. Let's clean this place up. So they all like, hey, we're free. And so they all got up and they chased everybody out. And they had a time of, you know, victory. But Gideon was just some ordinary dude. Some ordinary guy that accomplished something extraordinary. So that's what we're going to talk about today. The ordinarily extraordinary. Lord God, thank you for today and all the things you're doing and the way you're doing it. Exactly how you're doing it, we're thankful for it. Lord, I pray that you be with us throughout this message. Help us, Lord, to be able to get what we need from it, Lord, and help us to hear your spirit as you speak to us. We love you. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And everybody say Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to another guy, another average dude, David. If you go to the first book of Samuel, chapter 16 you'll find a shepherd boy and this shepherd boy is just doing his shepherd boy thing and out comes the prophet with the big bottle of oil dumps the whole bottle of oil on his head and says you my friend are going to be the next king and he walks off you go to the next chapter chapter verse uh chapter 17 
And you see David, he, he is now on the battlefield with, with Goliath and, and, and all of the Philistines. And he stands up, of course, you know, and he says, you come to me with the sword and the seal, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And he takes that little stone, sinks it deep into uh, Goliath's head, and, and he, he saves the day, right? He's, he's, woo, he's the man. And then um, you see David's life as, you, as he continues on through his situation. And lots of ups and lots of downs, lots of crazy things happening. But he ends up being the king of Israel and leading one of the most successful military campaigns in the Bible, destroying all the enemies. And the second book of Samuel, verse 7, kind of sums up David's life like this. Verse 8 says, Now then tell my servant David that this is what the Lord Almighty said. I took you from the pasture, tending the flock, and appointed you a ruler over my people Israel. I have been with you wherever you have gone, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you. Now will I make your name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. And I will provide a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them so that they may have a home of their own and no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning and have done ever since the time I appointed leaders over my people Israel. And I will also give you rest from your enemies. The Lord declares to you that the Lord himself will establish a house for you. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you and your own flesh and blood will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build the house for my name, and I will establish the, this throne of my kingdom forever. You lived a great life, David. You've done some great things, and now your son is going to build the tabernacle. What a great summation of, of a great man. What a great summation of, of an ordinary shepherd boy who was just doing the ordinary stuff of keeping this sheep who was called to do something extraordinary, lived a great life, and passed on his great life to the next of kin. What an honor. What an honor. And then you've got Peter. Peter, how can we forget about Peter? He was just a faithful son out there fishing. Along comes Jesus and says, follow me. After a couple ups and downs, we find him standing in the upper room with 120 others preaching the first message of the modern day church, saying, repent and be baptized, all of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Incredible, powerful, wonderful, hallelujah. Peter, just an ordinary fisherman, called to preach the first message that I'm preaching on the coattails of today in Jesus' name. And all that is to say is to move into this next part of this. I mean, obviously, it kind of went fast, and it was a little kind of confusing probably, but it is kind of going to point out these guys real quick, kind of some of this stuff. A lot of us have heard the stories before uh, of these guys, so I didn't want to like go into in-depth Bible study about these guys. I just wanted to lay the foundation a little bit because, look, if, if David and Peter and Gideon we're sitting in this front row. This is what I say to them. Look, David. Look, Peter. Look, Gideon. We get it. When you say King David, everybody knows King David's name. When you say Gideon, a lot of folks have heard a lot about Gideon. When you talk about Peter, if you're an apostolic church, it's almost like, you know, you got God, Peter. You know what I mean? It's not truly, but you know. It says, you know, repent, be baptized. I mean, he's the guy that said that, you know. We get it, guys. The stories are all about you. You guys are great. You were ordinary. Did extraordinary things. We appreciate you, but we need to just take a back seat, go out there and work at children's church or something for a little while because we want to talk about somebody else here today. All right, we need to talk about somebody else here today. Today, I want to celebrate the ordinary that have always enabled and helped to accomplish the extraordinary. Everyone who is ordinarily extraordinary. Gideon was called to lead the attack on the Midianites, but he would not have been able to do this by himself. He needed 300 nameless, faithful, obedient followers to gather the pots, the lights, and the torches, to prepare the trumpets, to believe in the plan, and execute when the time was right. Yes, 
Gideon gets the name drop, but his followers are the ones that made it happen. They're not the ones that had the conversations with the angel or a direct talk with God. They just practiced basic submission and humility and followed the man of God for the hour. It was because of ordinary people that did basic things that God was able to do the extraordinary. King David may have slew that giant that day with a stone and a sling, but he didn't have to slay. He didn't slay the whole army of the Philistines. Once the head of the once David ran up and cut the head of the giant off, the rest of the army rose up in confidence, seeing the defeated enemy. They raised up, they went, and they destroyed the armies of the Philistines after David did what he did. They didn't whip out slingshots and a pebble, but weapons of war wrapped in armor. They did what they were trained to do, and they routed the enemy. David could not have done that by himself. Peter may have been there on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost fell, but he was not alone. Acts 2 says that when the day of Pentecost was come, they were together all in one place. It said together. There was a bunch of them up there. It just wasn't Peter. And once the Spirit fell, they went out all of them and begin to open up their mouths and spread the news for every David there's a hundred thousand soldiers with swords in their hands for every Gideon there's 22 soldiers willing to go to war and for every Peter there's 120 standing up with their own personal worlds emboldened to share and live a message and lifestyle of hope they may not have preached the first message on the modern-day church in the upper room, but they surely shared it because today we are here as a result of that. Amen? Ordinary people doing extraordinary things. God isn't looking for heroes. He's looking for helpers. God isn't looking for stars. He's looking for servants. God isn't looking for leaders. He's looking for laborers. You know what's needed are some people that know how to pray, that know how to read the word, that are faithful to the house of God, that find places to serve outside of just gathering for worship. What's needed is people that know how to see a need, fill a need. What's needed is fathers and mothers that love their kids, spend time with them and are quality role models for the next generation who make mistakes and learn from them and get better as men and women so our families can see us grow in the Lord. What's needed is folks who wake up to their alarm clock each and every day, brush their teeth, pray, and let God use them throughout their day. As they walk through the halls of their school and as they walk through the threshold of the workplace, as they navigate the daily routine of magic managing their household, and while all of this may feel as if we are living ordinary, common, basic, Regular, usual, normal, average life. It's in the consistency of living the everyday, ordinary Christian lifestyle that God does the extraordinary. Common people sometimes accomplish uncommon things. But more often, common people just accomplish common things. Nobody wants to hear that, but it's true. Amazingly, though, people who are committed to being consistent in the common things become ironically uncommon. When I was in the Army, I was given simple instructions after boot camp. Shine your boots, press your uniform, come to work on time, do what you're told. Pretty basic. So, that's what I did. Shine my boots, I pressed my uniform. I came to work on time, and I did what I was told. And everybody began to walk around me like I had some aura of awesomeness around me. Like, how can you do this? I'm like, and then I was like, wait, wait, don't get done. If they think there's something special about it, let them think there's something special about it. You know, so I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. I'm like, look, I'm just doing the basics. It's amazing how many people just can't maintain the consistent, common, basic, Regular things that we as regular human beings need to do day in and day out to get the job done. It's so uncommon that someone that just does the common things is truly uncommon and weird. 
There's an awesome example of this that we've seen here at Life. Some of you may have heard the story, some of you haven't, so I'm going to tell it again. There was a brother here named David Cox, one of the coolest cats this side of the Mississippi. I haven't spent much time on the other side of the Mississippi, so it's not fair to judge. But this guy, he was just a cool, regular cat. He was a captain in the army. Him and his family came. We hung out a little bit. He gave. He worshipped. Whenever there was something going on and he wasn't busy, he helped out. All was good. All, it was good. You know, he, he never nothing, nothing fancy. Well, he get deployed to Iraq. Iraq was happening. Lots of people were getting deployed to Iraq. Well, somebody came up to him one day and was like, Hey, man, my son's missing. I need help. I need help. And David isn't, you know, part of the son's miss missing brigade. You know, so he couldn't go help him. He said, Look, man, all I can do is pray for you. Basic, common, you know, no frills. Hey, man, let's pray. So he prayed. And after this prayer happened, the man ended up finding his son. And the son was ended up, he had been in uh in a situation where he was about to be executed. But God delivered him. The man was so excited that he wanted to give David all this money. And David was like, whoa, 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 bro, I can't be taking your money. I get like arrested and stuff. He's like, well, I want to get, wherever you worship, I want to give that place money. And so they called and the pastor brought me aside and said, hey man, this guy wants to give us some money. He wants our bank account. We both went, ah! <laughs> you know, I know a Nigerian king too. <laughs> Anyway, long story short, this dude ended up sending us like a $275,000 check from Iraq because of his son and how so thankful he was. And we, it was $175 or $275, whatever it was, we paid off the house, paid off the church, bought a new church van, set some money aside for this new building project that we're getting ready to go into soon. And so, you know, but David didn't go out there and, you know, some halo and, you know, you know, preaching about the Holy Ghost everywhere he went, jumping on the pulpits and, you know, kicking over stuff. And he was just like, oh, man, I, I can pray with you. I can do something basic. I can do something common. I can do something regular. I can do something no frills. I mean, this is all I got. It's what I got. I'll give it to you. He did that. And God just did something totally incredible. Yeah, he sent us a bunch of money. We paid off the church. But his son was saved. His son was saved from an execution. And it's such a great thing. We don't have to be all that in a bag of chips with our gleaming, you know, fancy gold suits on for God to do something cool and wonderful for us. All we have to do is commit to the basics. Commit to the regular stuff, and God uses that as a springboard to the extraordinary. I get more excited by faithful, committed, balanced, ordinary people than I do about someone who's burning the candle at both ends, saying yes to everything and having some apostolic explosion in their life. I get nervous for those people that come in and they're just like, yeah, 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 and they're just all over the place. And, and at first I used to get excited about that, right? Because I'm like, oh, cool, that person really. But what I see is they get burnt out real fast. And not everybody, but I mean, in general, folks that just say yes to everything get burnt out real fast. And so I've just taken it upon myself not to, not to get too excited. Let's, let's let the initial excitement, you know, get, get people excited, that's fine. But let's not, let's not help them burn themselves out. You know what I'm saying? Let's just stand back and get ready to kind of shore them up as they're you know, going to the left or the right. You know, let's just help this thing out. I've seen so many rise to great heights quickly because of their extreme commitment and world-changing electricity only to see them fizzle out and disappear into the shadows. Living to the extreme may get you places you've never been, but I guarantee you it won't keep you there. The story of the tortoise and the hare is so appropriate here. The tortoise and the hare. The hare tried to run out there just as fast as he could, ended up having to take a nap, and the tortoise just kept on trucking. Basic, ordinary, boring, just doing the day in, day out things that God has asked us to do in his word. And, and the rabbit was like, oh no, trying to catch up. Couldn't catch up. Tortoise won. He wasn't trying to win. He probably just walked into the store, man. Just doing the everyday thing and he won a race just because he was there. I need to make myself clear though. This isn't this isn't true for everyone. Not everyone that gets excited and is an extreme and, and all that. They don't I'm not trying to like put anybody's fire out here. Okay? We still need extraordinary people to do extraordinary things. Every once in a while we need a David to step out of the battlefield and sling a stone. Every once in a while we need someone to stand up like Peter when people ask hard questions and have the answers for the day. We need Gideons to tell us 
when to smash the pots. So I'm not trying to throw cold water on anybody's fire here. If you've got something brewing in your soul uh, for something that you want to do for God, if God is laying some stuff on your heart and you're excited and, 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 and it's unusual and it's wonderful and it's amazing, then I say go forth. I, I do it. If God puts it in your heart and you feel excited about it, go. I mean, just, I'll, I'm, I'll pour some gas on it. I'm with you. But what I'm saying is, the point I'm trying to make is you don't have to upset the apple cart of your life for God to use you in amazing ways. We don't have to change everything about all that we're doing just so God can do something wonderful in our life. We have to be careful idolizing people who do extraordinary things. We've got to be careful idolizing people who do extraordinary things. Because if we're not careful, we can fall into the trap that says... If I'm not doing things like them, then are the things that I'm doing even mattering? If I'm not, if I'm not doing those things, why am I even doing the things that I'm doing? Why am I doing the basic, regular, boring, everyday things? And this person's over here jumping on pulpits and, and, and doing all kinds of craziness. And everybody's cheering them on and excited at me. Maybe why, why, if I'm not like them, why, I mean, why do I got to be like me? Today we celebrate the coming. Today we're taking a minute just to stop. Yes, we need to be encouraged. Yes, we need to go. Yes, we need to get up earlier. Yes, we need to stay up later working. Yes, we need to push ourselves. Yes, we don't just need to get stuck like a bump on a rug or whatever a bump would be on. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, we need to challenge ourselves, but it's got to be mixed with the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God and us need to come into a place and we need to have conversations about our personal walk. Where are we? What are we doing? Where are we lacking? Where are we slacking? Where can I be better? And God can take that and use that. Where we get in trouble is when we judge ourselves amongst ourselves. When we're looking at, when we're gauging ourselves off of everyone else. Because that will ruin us. It will mess us up. It'll, and it will begin, you know, we just, it becomes a very peripheral thing. It becomes a very aesthetic thing where our walk becomes something that someone sees and not actually something that we walk. Come on, come on, come on. That's good. We need to find men and women to emulate. We do. We can't, you know, we don't want to ignore everybody, but we need to look around and say, who do I want to be like? What, is, what, are, what are some attributes of some people that I would like for myself to have? We need to find the correct people to emulate. You want to find people who you can tell that they love the Lord from the way that they act and not just by what they say. I have to admit, when I read that, I said, David, make sure you, you act in you acting like you love the Lord, and you're not just talking like you love the Lord. I've read both times when I was reading my message, the Lord stopped me. So don't just read that. You need to think about that. So I, I take it as a personal challenge. I don't want to just talk about loving the Lord. I want to love the Lord, and I want there to be proof in that. You want to find somebody that can minister to their loved ones, and as well as one they've never known. I've seen people that they could they would give their shirt off the back off their back to someone in need that they didn't know. But you, you, you look at the way they interact with their family and it's rough. It's like, bro, that's tough. You know, no patience, on edge, quick to say mean, hurtful things. You know, but then somebody walking down the road and they're like, oh, let me give you, you know, a hundred dollars and take you to Goodwill, get you some clothes. That's right, Your family, man, your family is your first witness. And they, they, they see that. They're not going to say nothing. They're not going to say nothing. They're going to think it. And then when they, later on in life, they're going to be giving you the cut eye when you talk. Because you can't swoop them around no more. They'd be like, whatever, Dad. Whatever. I ain't fooling with you, man. You know. But that's what happens when we allow this thing to be an aesthetic walk. A visual thing that people see. You know, we don't allow God to take us to those secret places to challenge us. Those secret places where God can confront us with things that need to be addressed. And we spend enough time in those places where God can actually do some speaking to us. You know, God isn't a real, you know, he's not a 30, whatever the reels are. There's a, you know, on Facebook or whatever. It, it's got like a 45 second cutoff. Like it can't go too far. You know, or Twitter is only 144 words or X. You know, that's not God. 
We don't need to put a cap on the time that we spend with God when he's trying to get us right. Because some of us got more stuff that needs to get right than 144 words is going to fix. And I fit right into that category. So we need to find some folks that we, that we, can, we can look at their lives and we can emulate from the front to the back. Now, one of the things I've seen and one of the things I have uh, experienced since I've uh, been around here for a little while is I see people uh, who are excited, strong. They have talents, obviously. Uh, they, they, get, they get itchy feet. They want to do something real bad. And unfortunately, they'll pick like something that it's going to take some time for them to be able to do, you know, just to straight up, you know, like being on this on the praise team, you know, is a good. It's just like a very easy example, you know. We don't let nobody just walk up off the street. Like I can sing, but people get on up there. <laughs> Let's see what you got. You know what I mean? Because that's not what we're doing here. We're not looking for good voices. It's not what we're trying to do here. We're not trying to. You know, we're not trying to sound pretty. We're trying to have times of worship that scripturally are led by the musicians. And the musician's job was to make the way for what was going to come after that. The Bible never talks about it being pretty. Now, thankfully, I appreciate the Lord that we got some folks that come in here and understand the spiritual significance of what we're doing here. And they got some good voices too. Oh, I like it. I'm glad that we can do that. I'm glad we got that together. But that's not what we're doing. You know, so some people come in and that's what they want to do and that's all they can think about. It's what their whole life and, and they get stuck on it. I want to do this one thing. And they get so stuck on it that they won't be involved because that's all that they can think in their head that they want to do. And so they end up finding something else to do because of the torment of coming day in and day out and not doing this thing that they really want to do, it gets to them. Well, the Bible says that our gifts will make room for themselves. And as time goes by, and as the Lord continues to manipulate the situations, we are going to slide right in wherever it makes sense. Right. We're going to fit right into whatever gap God is opening up. And that he opened it up just for you. It's not happenstance. It's not on accident. God had a plan. You submitted to the plan. He opened the door and you just happened to be standing right there. What a winky ding. That's how God works. God is setting this thing up for us, but we got to be patient. Your gift will make room yes. for yourself. Yes. You don't have to fight, scratch, lie, steal, beg, cut other people down, talk smack behind people's back to make them look bad so you get up and maybe you can slip slide back into their spot or something like that. Hey, look, I know I'm not talking to y'all. I'm just saying. We don't get... But, it starts with the spirit of anxiety and anxiousness. We want to do something, and we got to cut it off quick. we got to recognize it. we got to point our finger in its face and say, absolutely not. That's not how we're going to do this thing. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to wake up day in and day out. I'm going to do the common, ordinary, normal stuff. I'm just going to do what God has called me to do my day in and day out. And just like Gideon, you're going to be out there threshing some wheat one day, and an angel is going to be like, hey, oh, my God, what are you doing? warrior. I mean, can you imagine like just some random dude just like, hello, my random warrior. No wonder Gideon was looking for some fleece action. You know what I'm saying? He's like, nah, nah, nah. Now you're going to have to prove to me because obviously warrior, I don't think so. Dude was probably skin and bones because the Midianites have been wearing him out for so long. He was probably going to try to eat that stuff raw that day. He was skinny, tired, broken, and the, and the angel of the Lord said, hello, my mighty warrior. This dude got cuckoo. <laughs> One day you're going to be out there on the field just tending to your sheep. Hey, whoa, don't stand there. And then the prophet's going to come out and dump hold on you. You'll be like, whoa, 
with them sheep. He wouldn't have been out there with them sheep. If he knew he was going to be anointed king, I bet that brother been out there prepping his suit and, you know, getting his shoes. Maybe today's the day the prophet's coming to anoint me king. Nah. Nah. When that prophet came to the house, he went to the, he went to the you know, to the nice house with all the, the tapestries. I'm sure food was cooking and everybody's dressed nice. And he's looking for the next king. And he's like, everybody stands up. And, I'll be the next Everybody's standing up in line, you know. And the Lord told Samuel, none of these. None of these. And so Samuel's like, Jesse, is this all your kids? He's like, well, I got this other one. The youngest, you know, he's out there in the field, tending to the sheep. Go get him. Go get him. He's just out there doing the ordinary, the basic, the regular, the common, the normal stuff. Now, you're boring. You don't want to. You look at this exciting, strapping, strong, beautiful. Don't you think these are what you choose? Nope. God just told me, go get the shepherd. And we will not sit down until he gets back. Right. Hopefully he wasn't like, you know, a couple mountain ranges away. <laughs> we sit down, you know. One day you might just be out there fishing, you know. Brother Banks and I would go out, deep sea trip. We sit there and pull that fish up. Fish is like, follow me. <laughs> well, not the fish. <laughs> we definitely don't want nothing that's in store for that fish. Jesus just walked by Peter, just casually. Follow me. I bet you Peter was mending his neck. He was just doing the common, the ordinary, the normal, the basic stuff that needed to happen. If you're a fisherman, you go fish all day, you tear up your nets. So you come home, you sell your fish, go buy some bread, and then before the next day, you go mend your nets. Cycle. Wake up, fish, sell, eat. Maybe throw a little jokey joke here every once in a while, you know, liven things up because it gets boring, you know. And then one day, in, in just in the middle of the mundane, in the middle of the common, God. Jesus just walks by out of the blue. Follow me. Yes. And Peter became an extraordinary dude in the Bible. Extraordinary. But not because he was extraordinary. Not because he was special. Not because he was different. The only thing that made him different from a lot of people is he just saw what he needed to do day in and day out, and he just did it. And God's like, that's what I need in my kingdom. I need some people that are going to latch on to the things that just need to be done day in and day out. And do them. People living basic, everyday lives, doing ordinary things. Yes. Paul said, I have found whatsoever state I'm in to be content. Today, as we stand to our feet, I want to ask us if we could pray that God would help us to have peace in our place. Commit to the common. And watch God do extraordinary things through our ordinary things. Lord God, thank you so much for all that you're doing. I pray that you help us to have a supernatural presence of your peace in here upon us. I pray, God, that in any images of our life or if there's anything that you've brought to our attention today, that we would not dismiss it. I pray, God, that you would allow us, Lord, to see deeper into the things of our lives. Help us, God, to be stronger in the things that are important. God, if there's anything that's driving us crazy, if there's anything that's causing anxiety or nervousness, Lord, I come against that in Jesus' name. And I pray in the place of that, that your spirit, Lord, that your spirit would fill this place, our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Give us rest, Lord, from this world as it pulls from us, Lord God, and help us to grab a hold of you, Lord, whatever the ordinary common things that you're asking me to do day in and day out. I pray that you give me strength, Lord, to wake up one more day and to do it one more time, believing, God, that you're using our ordinary things for extraordinary things. Help us, God, to be 
sensitive to your spirit. Help us when you walk by us if we're fishing to hear your voice. Oh God, let us not doubt the angel, Lord God, when they call us the mighty warrior. Oh God, help us in Jesus' name to do the things that you're calling us to do. Help us, God, to follow hard after you, whatever that means for us, whatever that means for you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. If we could just pray, if we could take a few minutes to close our eyes, close our eyes to this world and close our eyes to our neighbor and just allow God to speak. Allow God to speak into our hearts and minds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. strengthened by. Um, it reminds me of uh, Coach Tony Dungy, who um, people many times forget that even though he coached Indianapolis to um, a Super Bowl or two and they had a championship, before that he was with Tampa Bay. He bought Tampa Bay from being in the cellar of football the entire duration of his existence. And this is like recently, well, recent for me. But in the 90s, late 90s, early 2000s, 
But their whole existence, they had never really had a good winning season. And he bought them from a place of the cellar to Stellar, where they pretty much he left about a year or two before they won a Super Bowl. The thing is that when people ask him about that, they say, man, you coached this team and bought them to be competitors, make it to the playoffs, but you didn't get to take them to the Super Bowl. And the thing is, the amazing thing is, he was like, we had great men and great women, and I just wasn't the one to bring them farther enough to get them all the way to a Super Bowl championship. He was like, but we had many great players on that team. And probably besides Reverend Mick Gordon and his family, who are the, the Bucks fans, <laughs> when his uh, uh, father-in-law was uh, a season ticket holder for like life down there in Tampa. But uh, besides him, I doubt if anybody can remember when Tampa won their first Super Bowl, any star players, probably besides Warren Sapp, because they had a whole bunch of men and men that were uncommon heroes. They did their small part. And that's what we have to do. That's what Reverend Mick Gordon called us today. That's what the Lord called through Reverend Mick Gordon. To do what is right daily. To do what is right daily. Which makes you an uncommon man and an uncommon woman. Especially in today's world. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Lord Jesus, we are thankful, Lord, for your word. We thank the Lord, for what you gave us today, Lord. As we go and depart from this place, Lord. Let us take what Reverend Mick Gordon is talking about today, Lord Jesus. The uncommonalities, Lord, that are in this world, Lord, that people have missed, that they think are super extraordinary, Lord, because we are men and women of the Holy Ghost. We are men and women, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, that are filled with your spirit, Lord Jesus, that want to do the right thing, Lord, the, the hard right thing over the easy wrong, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the word. We thank you, Lord, for the sensitivity of River Mingor, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, absolutely for the gospel. We give thanks, honor, and glory to the holy name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, and the congregation said, amen. All right, God bless, go with God. Please do not forget all of your announcements. All right, bump fist with one or two brothers before you leave and be blessed as you go on your way.